What's up, mom and dad? Are you ready for a brand new episode of the Raising Competitors podcast? And we are talking all about character development today. This is the Raising Competitors podcast, a weekly show where we focus on equipping you parents, amazing parents, doing your best to raise the next generation of competitors. We want to equip you with strategies for helping those youth athletes build grit, growth mindset, a daily practice of gratitude. They pursue greatness and then they learn to lead and groom other leaders. We want to see your kids win in school, in sports, and in life. And that's what this show is about each and every week. My name is Jake Thompson. I'm the founder of Compete Every Day and the founder of this Raising Competitors program that honestly just started out of my desire to learn how I'm going to instill the traits of a winning competitor in my future kids one day. It's without fail in my work as a keynote speaker and as a coach, people are always asking me, how can I take these lessons that we're working through together? How are the, we can take these topics that you're teaching us in a corporate setting and apply it to my kid? And the more people I had conversations with, the more I saw a need, not only in building this information in a way that youth can run with it and learn to compete every day, but how am I going to teach those lessons to my kid? And so selfishly, that's what ultimately created this Raising Competitors program. It's my journey as a future parent to discover the best ways to instill the traits of a winning competitor in my kids. And I hope that by sharing these lessons, you're able to make the additional impact in your home that I know you desire to make. Today's guest is speaker and founder of Two Words, Stephen Mackey. Stephen shares his journey about going from a pastor to a motivational speaker and now to a coach teaching character development in schools, auditoriums, locker rooms all across the country. Stephen shares with us that when a person is only focused on themselves, their goals and their aspirations, then no success is great enough. If they only care about what they're doing instead of how they're impacting others, it doesn't matter how many zeros you have after that dollar sign, how many people follow you on social media, it's never enough. However, when we learn to dedicate our life to making an impact beyond just ourselves, when we focus on helping others, keeping others in mind, And man, the impacts get bigger, and even just one is enough for us. We talk about, Stephen and I talk about how lofty ideas are broken down into small steps that lead to small victories that ultimately put us on the right path to achieving success and our purpose and the things that we're passionate about in life. Listening to today's episode, you're going to learn how to reward children with the type of behavior you want to see repeated, how to merge your skill set with a passion to create your best outcome. And most importantly, how to align competition with a greater purpose. Even better, today we have some bonus material for our members of the Raising Competitors program where I ask Stephen and we dive into the point of how do we reinforce the right type of character traits in our household? What are things that we can do to instill the right character in our kids without alienating them and pushing them away from trying to be too much on top of them? So Stephen and I dive into that. If you want to get the bonus content, you can find it, RaisingCompetitors.com. Sign up for our monthly membership. You'll get access to bonus content in every episode, additional activities and lessons, as well as our private Facebook community of just parents. It's a great place for you to get connected with other parents 
to talk about these lessons, to talk about these interviews, what's working in your house, what's not, what are the challenges you're facing in a safe environment with other parents that just want the best for their kids. We're looking to raise the next generation of healthy competitors together, and I hope if that's something you're passionate about, you'll consider jumping in. We have multiple options available, and it's all less than two cups of coffee a month. And if you sign up for a full year, you get two months free. So check all that information out at RaisingCompetitors.com. And now, let's welcome to the show Stephen Mackey. Stephen, my man, welcome to the show. Awesome, brother, man. Fired up to be here. So I have to kick us off with what are your favorite two words? <laughs> well, you know, it really just depends on, on when you ask, you know, uh, we've got, we've got several that have been some pretty time tested favorites from sacrifice required that there are a lot of things that option that are optional in the game of life. If you want to be successful from the right size, the right school, the right family, a lot of things are optional. But the one thing that isn't optional is sacrifice, sacrifice required. And so that's a, that's a time-tested favorite. Uh, I'm real high these days on five-star. Uh, we live in a world of five-star recruits and five-star athletes. And I want to challenge athletes to be and people to be uh, not just five-star athletes, but to be five-star leaders and to have a five-star character. we got some five-star athletes and no-star mathletes. You know what I mean? And so we want to, uh, to break down the walls that we use to compartmentalize the different areas of our life and recognize that our character is the foundation of everything that we do. And, and it is a talent amplifier. Uh, it is not uh, merely something that you work on when you don't have enough talent to be successful in the field. Uh, so those are, those are two, there's a time tested favorite and, and my favorite today. I love it. I love it. So you have, you have a very interesting journey uh, to get to where you are now in, in terms of speaking and working with teams and organizations around the two words and, and taking responsibility and building that character. Take us back to how you even just got started on this journey in the first place. Yeah, man. So, you know, I served for about seven years in the local high school in the community that I lived in. Four years in Blanco, Texas, a small town in the Hill Country, and three years in Kaufman, Texas, small town southeast of Dallas. And for seven years, just volunteered and, and as, a, as an extension of my ministry, was a, I'm a pastor by training. And it was just a way that I could give back to the local community. And around uh, 2016, that season, a coach asked, hey, can I film one of your talks? Because I'd give a seven to 10 minute talk before the football game during season. And then I would come in and spend about 15 minutes a week with them during the off season. And I said, sure, coach, you can film it, whatever. He filmed it, posted it online. It started getting a little bit of traction. And then uh, January 12th, 2017, a friend of mine said, man, I think you can make a living doing this. And I said, dude, there's no way. I give seven-minute talks before a football game. There's no way I can make a living doing this. And he said, it's the best piece of advice I ever got. He said, don't start with no, start with yes. And if you knew it could be done, what would you do? Because he understood, right, where you focus, you finish. What you look for, you find. You look for all the reasons that it can't be done. You'll find those, but look for the reasons that can be done. You'll find that too. And so I started looking and, and kind of putting together in my mind what it would look like. That was January 12th. 
2017, January 29th, we filmed our first lesson. Uh, the next week, I Googled how to start, a, how to build a website on Squarespace and how to use Adobe uh, to make a PDF workbook and put that together and started selling. And then eight months later, we started, my goal was to have 30 schools. We had 25 and I thought it was going to be a really great, uh, impactful side hustle. And then uh, very quickly, the fire caught. And now uh, just over two years later, uh, we're serving over 450 schools across nine states in the U.S. Uh, and, and have had the opportunity to speak over 750 times in those two years uh, to athletes and coaches and parents across the country. And so what started as a, a passion project, a way to volunteer and serve, then became a challenge to build a, a side hustle uh, and then turned itself into a full-fledged business. So, so a few of the things you hit there that I'm fascinated by and curious, you came from the ministry background and used it kind of on sure. the side. So the first question I have for our listeners that perhaps they're going down a path that they feel they need to be in to make a difference. You've obviously used those skills from a pulpit to a locker room to be able to help add value, encourage people. How difficult was that transition for you when this became a full-time, essentially ministry for you, of encouraging players, helping them with character development to step out of the pulpit into focusing on this more? You know, I, I didn't find it to be very, very difficult. It, it honestly felt like the most natural trans, uh, evolution. Uh, it felt like as I was doing the deep work of learning myself and learning my passions, learning my skill sets, and then trying to figure out uh, where my skill sets were most needed, right? Uh, Howard Thurman said, don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive and go do that. Because what the world needs is more people who live alive. And so as I did the deep work of, like one, on the one hand, like I'm, I'm honing my craft, my skill of communication. On the other hand, I'm doing the deep work of knowing my passions and then doing the deep work of figuring out where those things can connect. It just seemed like the most natural evolution uh, of where I was going. And I think that it could feel, it would have felt much more difficult if I only would have done one of those steps or two of those steps. So if I knew my skill set, um, but I didn't know my passion, um, then, then I could just look over there and go, well, I can go do this and make a bunch of money, I guess. Um, or if I didn't have the skill set, but I had a passion and knew where I wanted to serve, then it was like, well, I had this deep passion, but I can't, I'm not good enough to make a living at it. So it wouldn't have added up. So I think that would have made it much more difficult, but having done all three steps just made it feel like the most natural evolution. So one of the things for anyone that's seen your videos online, I, I love your passion, your energy. It, it ties in so well to some of the stuff we talk about at Compete. You came from not the easiest of upbringings. You were, you were born to a teenage mother. You were the first uh, generation college graduate. You overcame a lot of odds to get to the position you're in. Have you always had that passion and energy for just life and helping others from day one? Or was it through your journey growing up that you started to develop that more? Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, there, there were no doubt there were barriers in in my world. It's kind of just the statistics of being born to a teenage mom, being biracial. Uh, you know, all, all of those things were certainly the barriers. Um, but I, but as I look back on my life, I'll tell you, man. You know, the, the phrase "it takes a village to raise a child" is is so true. 
in my life. You know, my, my grandparents, my maternal grandparents step in and stepped in and chose to raise me uh, when they didn't have to. Um, they invested and they worked hard. They were they were at the end of the child game. Uh, they were getting ready to empty nest and they were they were heading into their years and they hit the reset button and they started over. And uh, and so they, they provided some stability for me and and a great example. And and then I had counselors and coaches and all these people that were investing in me. Uh, but there came a point um, where, you know, late middle school, where I had to take all of that investment that the people around me were making, and I had to choose to make to do something with it. Um, and it was it was around in a seventh grade, eighth grade, uh, when I had a coach call me out for having quit football the first day of seventh grade, because uh, I was fat and didn't want to run sprints, uh, made up some excuses and he, he called me out. And, uh, and that, that call out really, really set, set me on a different path. Um, about the time that my faith started becoming my own, I started taking responsibility for choices. And really once that hit, then it became this laser like focus on doing everything I could do to reach my goals and to reach the, the dreams. And so I, I would say that, that, um, that as far as I remember back, yeah, I've, I've been pretty focused on that. Um, certainly every step along the way has helped refine that focus. Um, but, uh, but there, there's a sense, you know, say all the time, you can't coach want to, um, if you don't, if you don't want to get better, if you don't want to grow, if you want to achieve more, want to make an impact, well, then the best motivation, the best coaching, the best podcast or strategy, uh, the best t-shirts in the world, uh, you know, they can't bring want to, you know? And so I, I would say that, that around eighth grade, I, I got hit with a pretty deep sense of want to, and that's driven driven me pretty far. You, you work with a lot of high school athletes that may be similar to a position of yourself. They don't have that want to just yet until that interaction. What are the, the steps, the encouragement, things that you give the coaches as well as the players when you go talk to them and you see that there's a lack of want to? How do you essentially pull that out of someone? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a mix of, of casting vision uh, of letting them know that there is more to this world than you've yet experienced, right? So, so often, how many, how many high school kids have you met? Maybe not so much in Dallas, Fort Worth, but as you get outside of, you know, the suburbs uh, of that have never left their town or the only town, time they've ever left their community is on a yellow dog going to compete, uh, you know, 30 miles away. And so to, to share a vision that there is more to life than you've yet experienced. And that's why having a mentor is so important or having a coach or as a parent, um, sharing the stories, uh, the stories of our fathers, so to speak, uh, is to give that perspective, not only of where we've been, where you could be, but also what's in front of you. And so there's one part sharing that vision. Uh, there's another part of taking that big vision and helping them see how when they take this next micro step. Uh, that that is the same as, or it is the most important thing to do in achieving the big thing, um, breaking that, that, that big goal down to the next step and, and then letting them see how accomplished more, how, how they are able to accomplish and then letting that build that momentum and, 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 and coaching them up to, to knock down the next 12 small steps so that they can build the momentum. And then once you get that momentum going and you start to believe in yourself, then you start to believe that what other folks believe in you can be true. 
Um, and so there's, there's just power in winning, right? That's why we like to compete because we want to win. Uh, and winning is contagious. It is, um, it is uh, addicting, right? And competition fuels growth. And so letting them get that, that knocking those steps down or, you know, taking the big to the small, um, and then just encouraging them through empathy is probably the third step of just understanding, going, look, man, puppy love still feels like love to a puppy. And I get it. Like you, you're an offensive lineman. Uh, oh, girl showed you some attention. Like that's never happened before. Like I'm with you. It happens. Um, you know, and so I know that it feels so final, um, but uh, it's not. And I'm going to be with you here for a little bit. We can cry for a little bit. I'll hug you for a little bit. And then I got to kick you in the butt and say, let's get back on the field, you know? And so I say it's probably those three steps. You know, what, what strikes me most about that as, a, as I'm listening to you share and, and teach all of us listening about it is there's so many similarities to what you just shared and how you teach the athletes to how adults can be. And that yeah. you know, a lot of people, they, they still, they I, I suffer is the best way to put it with a fixed mindset and believing this idea that we can't grow and develop and learn when Science has even shown that our brain continues to, to learn and develop and strengthen the neurons and, and how our brain works with this plasticity. I'm curious where you interact, if you do any interactions with adults, and how you encourage them along this same path where maybe they don't have that daily competition in sports where they can, they can see a little win here and there, but how you encourage them in life to start to develop that character, that growth, when they're still looking for a want-to. Sure. You know, it's, I, I don't, I don't make much of a distinction between uh, the high school athlete and the, you know, uh, up and rising, you know, young thirties, uh, mid-level manager or whatever, meaning that the disciplines are all the same. The, 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 the ethic is the same. The situation's different. High school kids competing on Friday night, you know, Friday night lights and you're competing in sales or you're competing in, you're leading a, a sales team or an HR team and they're leading a water polo team. Uh, well, probably not in Texas, but somewhere they're leading a water polo team. And, and, and so the principles are really the same. And so the, the phrase that I use so often is that we just got to learn to connect the dots between sports and life. Because chances are, if you were if you were successful in business, right, there was something that you competed at, something that you built those skills in. May have been athletics, right? Deca may have been your sport, you know what I mean, or art, or choir, or band. But there was something that required those disciplines of integrity, attitude, effort, commitment, loyalty, uh, goal setting, growth mindset. And the breakdown happens uh, somewhere along the way. Uh, and, and we just have to reconnect those dots and help them see that those things are so, so similar um, and to connect it to uh, something that, that they're passionate about. High school kids passionate about sports. You know, what, are, what are you passionate about? Um, it might be that, that you're passionate about your family, about being a great husband or a great mom or a great wife or father um, and understanding that, that it is a daily fist fight uh, to be a husband of character. It's hard to be a man. It's easy to be a boy. You ain't do nothing to be a boy. You just woke up one day and like something was there. You're a boy. Like it's done. But to be a man, my gosh, to be a woman, that is difficult. That is hard. We live in a world of grown boys uh, doing things and making commitments that men are supposed to make, grown girls making commitments and responsibilities that women are supposed to take on. And so 
to, to share that vision of like, hey, man, we got to fight for our kids. 25 million kids are going to go to bed tonight without a father at home. Yeah, you wrap your mind around that. 25 million kids. It's a bunch of grown boys made men decisions, but didn't, didn't follow through. Um, and so when we start going, hey, you may not like your job. I get it. Like you, you go into your job, but you know what? Like you're not willing to do anything to get out of it. So you need to make the choice um, uh, to, to put into it uh, and to import a purpose. You don't have purpose in your work, then import a purpose into it and know that every day that you're going to work um, and you're working not for a paycheck or for the man, um, but you're working to be an exemplar for your family. Um, and, and that's just, that's connecting that big vision and it's asking, okay, what's the next smallest step that I can take in that? And how can I get some micro victories to build that momentum? So I think that the, the principles are so much the same. Um, you know, I, I've been reading a lot of the Stoics uh, recently, and, and, and I've, I think I've kind of intuitively had a, a Stoic philosophy, but hadn't spent much time uh, reading in them. But as I was reading in and kind of getting in on some of Ryan Holiday's work and the Tao Seneca that Tim Ferriss put together, and then going back and reading Seneca and Marcus Aurelius and them, uh, you know, this, this summation of Stoicism, uh, there are really two types of things in the world, things you can control and things you can't. And the great, the great effort in life is to only focus on those that you can control. Uh, and asking the question, what in this situation can I can control? Uh, you have a job that you hate, uh, you can control if you go back there. You say, well, there's not another option, okay? Well, then you control what you bring to it. You import your purpose to it. You, you decide how you work. Um, and that leaves, that leaves a legacy, maybe not one that people write about. Um, did, have you seen, this is a side note, but have you seen, I think it's a Kia commercial uh, that came out around the Super Bowl called The Great Unknowns. Uh, and and they, they highlight all, these, all the folks that build cars. And it's showing them, and you'll never know their names. Right. But yeah, what they do, what these un, quote unquote unknown people do um, makes the world go round, so to speak. Right. Um, and, and I think about, you know, my my maternal grandparents, my maternal grandfather, I call him dad. He worked for 46 years at one job. And you ask him, why why'd you stay at that job? It wasn't because he loved being a gas man. It wasn't because he was in the position that he thought he deserved to be in. Uh, because there was a point through some different accidents where he actually got demoted from a manager down. But he kept the job. And what he would say about it is that job allowed me to provide a better life for my family than I had. Not that he didn't like his life that he had, but that he had this deep sense that I want to give more to my family uh, because I want to, I want to advance our family name. And so He's a quote unquote unknown doing an unknown job that he was a gas man. Um, but he imported into that unknown job a purpose and he showed up early every day and he left late every day. He did what he said he was going to do. He was the bet. He was the best that he could be. Uh, he worked with dignity and, and honor. Um, and he, he provided a great life for his family. Um, you know, that to me is, is a man. And that is completely in your control. And what I love about that is, is, as you're saying that, the thing that is going through my head is 
we live in a in an age, especially with our phones and social media, where people just want to be famous, but fame mm. doesn't necessarily make the impact. Famous is yeah. short-term, immediate. Look at me. Impact is how can I help others well beyond my years. And how do we help get more people under the mindset of focusing on the impact they make versus the fame they try to attract? Hmm. Yeah, impress versus impact, right? Uh, yeah, the most impressive thing you never do is impact somebody's life. It, it seems like there's, there's a sense that the more, uh, the more that we try to let others know what we're doing, uh, the less what we do, uh, the less valuable what we do becomes. Uh, you know, the more that we try to humble brag on social, not that we don't want to be proud of what we do. You know, here's the answer, man. Get rid of social media. Get rid of social media. <laughs> and, and that probably takes that problem away. Um, but, but no, there's this sense of, here's a question that I like to ask myself repeatedly. Uh, how many kids is enough? Uh, not how many, not how many kids are you going to have? You know, that's a different question. But how many kids do I have to impact for it to be enough? Like if a kid, if a kid writes me, if one kid writes me and says, Hey, that, that message you said, it got me through this difficult spot and I couldn't have got through it without it, you know? So thank you. Like, is that enough or does it not count until I get a thousand of those? Or does it not count until I get 10,000 of those? Um, and, and if we say, well, no, we need, we need a thousand of them. Well, does that mean that 999 kids don't matter? Their, the impact you made on them, their story, their life change, the role you got to play in their life, does it not matter? Uh, but when it's about me, well, the answer is no, it doesn't. Uh, when my focus is about me, myself, and I, uh, then and, and it's a 1,000 kids to make it worth it, then 999 don't count. Doesn't matter. They, they could have been on a, on a bridge about to jump off, and they decide not to and go live, and they become the president. Didn't count. Doesn't matter. Um, when it's about me, but when it's about others, then one is always enough. Um, you know, one, one impact on one day, right? And that's all we got is today. You impact one person today and you do it with intentionality and you do it genuinely. Um, and then it's, then, then that's enough. Uh, what I think it was Aurelius. I just read the other day. Marcus Aurelius said, uh, the only poor person is the one who wants for more than they have. Wow. Man. And it's like, it's like, man, like, Hey, I, I want to be about making the impact that I can make. And I'm going to be thankful. I got the opportunity to make it. And then I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and I'm gonna do the same, do the same thing again. You know, dude, that's, and that it's so funny that uh, that is what we ended up talking about today because this morning I'm in the weeds of writing a book and I'm focusing on the third trait of a competitor, which is gratitude for us out of the five traits, three is gratitude because it's that ability to be thankful for the moment and everything you've had, the growth you've had, the people you're able to impact while con continuing to still pursue more and help other people. But the one is enough. Like the one person you impacted is enough. Otherwise there's no such thing. There's never enough money. There's never enough fame. It, it's trying to, quench an unquenchable thirst with things that can't ever solve that problem. Um, and so I, I appreciate you sharing that because it, it's really just hits home with that importance of having that daily practice of gratitude in our lives, whatever that looks like for people of being thankful for those one interactions. Dude, this has been fantastic. For anyone listening that wants to connect with you, uh, whether the schools want to check out more of what you've got going on or people want to follow your content, 
where can they get connected with you and the two words team? Yeah, man, the easiest way to do it is anywhere on the World Wide Web from social to your search bar. Just type in Mackey Speaks, M-A-C-K-E-Y, Mackey Speaks, uh, and anywhere on the Internet you'll find on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, at Mackey Speaks, on, uh, on the World Wide Web, MackeySpeaks.com, uh, email Mackey at MackeySpeaks.com. Um, so you can find all that, and from any of those, uh, platforms on iTunes, uh, Mackie Speaks Leadership Journal uh, for, uh, for our leadership podcast. Um, and from any of those platforms, you'll be able to connect to our two words character development curriculum, um, or you can just simply go to two words.tv, uh, the number two words.tv. Love it, man. Thanks so much for coming on the show this week. You bet, brother. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to a Raising Competitors podcast. Just a reminder, if you want to get that bonus content where Stephen and I talk about how to instill character traits that you want to see in your kids, be sure to join the Raising Competitors membership program at RaisingCompetitors.com. Follow us along. We'll be active on Facebook, Instagram, and then all of our membership content will be at RaisingCompetitors.com. I'm excited to see you next week can't wait. Be on the lookout. And if you haven't yet, subscribe to the show so that the new episodes go straight to your phone and you don't even have to think about it. It'll pop up a little reminder that there's a new interview to help you raise your competitor. Mm -hmm.